0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana, and we're at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport, Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And can't wait to have today's discussion. It's with Angel Martin. So, Angel, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Of course, of course. All right, Angel. Well, you recently competed in one of the most prestigious and daunting races in the world, the Ironman World Championship held in Hawaii. For those of you unfamiliar with the race, all in one day, it consists of the following. A 2.4-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a 26.2-mile run. You once said that your goal for this year's race was to arrive healthy and finish happy. So tell me about the race and also, did you accomplish your above goal?
1: <laughs> um, to answer the second question first, yes, I did. Uh, the, the meat in the middle of that sandwich may be a little bit different than the process that I envisioned. Um, the whole race in itself, the experience in itself is once in a lifetime. And and I had expectations of what Hawaii was going to be like, what the environment was going to be like. But the second I stepped off the airplane, it was way different. It was gorgeous. Um, it was an electric feel and it was overwhelming. It was hot. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to be hot. I had been telling myself, um, I live in Louisiana. I'm prepared for that. That's not anything different but man when you have just high heart rate and heat and you're looking at a sea of super fit people I'm I'm not talking just athletes we're talking just chiseled bodies that I cannot even dream of um it's and what's just, the?
0: let me I don't know, yeah. what's that what's the range I, I don't even know I should have found this out in my research what's the age range I know there are different categories but what are the age range of people competing in this particular race? What's from youngest to oldest, approximately?
1: They have a ceremony before the race, and they highlight the the youngest and the oldest. I'm not going to get it um, exactly right. The youngest was 18, and that's the youngest you can enter into Ironman races. And the oldest, um, she was 74, some something in the in the mid 70s. Um, She won our age group, typically not a lot of people in the 70-something age group, but this um, individual, and again, I'm going to misquote it, but she had done dozens of Iron Men and dozens of world championships. She had been there for almost all of them, if not all. Um, So it's, yeah, for me, little Angel Martin from Louisiana and going into this sea of super fit athletes and um, just highly talented, extraordinary women was, was intimidating, but Uh, And as we talked about, the race was only females, so um, not having males there. I didn't even think about it before, but I'd never been to uh, a race like that, the race of that level with just females. Uh, I really appreciated that environment and not having um, that competitive nature. I mean, women are competitive, but uh, males take it to another level, especially Um, You know, when when a female tries to pass them and they think that shouldn't be that way. Um, I know a lot of guys that are not like that at all. So don't get me wrong, but some are. And um, it just eliminated all of that just bravado and the women were there supporting each other, um, making sure everybody felt like they belonged. And that was just a great, um, great way to start. So.
0: Was this the first year? Do you know? Was this the first time in Kona where, or it was a race of females only?
1: It was so. Last year they had the the women on one day and the men another day, but they were all in the same city at the same time, um, and they tried to volunteer for the opposites of that. But this was just women in Kona this year, and so a lot of the vendors and the you know restaurateurs would say, "God, we are really." like it how this is. This is very nice. Y'all are so warm and um appreciative. And so that was it was nice to feel welcome by the local community because I know it's a big stress in Hawaii for thousands of people to show up in a small city and take advantage of, you know, everything that there is in a small place. So um yeah all that to say the the experience itself was was amazing. The race, I didn't have the best race of my life, but um that's that's part of it, you know you're just gonna have good days and bad days, and it's disappointing. I didn't have the best day ever in Kona, but you know what it's you know it's an experience of a lifetime, like I said, so and you I finished I finished and I finished happy. that last mile was um a feeling I wish I could put in a bottle and and duplicate it you know just like your whole body is just electric, you feel like you are just weightless um. The run, the miles one through twenty-five were not weightless. <laughs> they were heavy and they were dark. And I really, um, I, I can't say I doubted myself. I just doubted being happy at the finish line. But it came. It came back. Um, you get to that last mile. A lot of it's downhill, and um, you hear the announcer. You everybody's just overwhelming with cheering you on. Um, and and it all comes back to you on why you're doing this. This is not for anybody. This is you know it's all it's not about a time. It's not about a podium. It's not um, about a medal or a trophy. It's about you and what this means to you. And so, uh, in that moment for me, I was just proud of not shutting down, not letting my mind overcome my body, or even vice versa. Um, because I had to shuffle the run more than I thought I would. And, you know, it was different than what I trained for. So, um, it could have gotten, When you say shuffle, shuffle, um, you know, there's run, walk, shuffle. So, uh, you know, all my training runs, I'm, I was, you know, minutes per mile faster um, than what I ran on race day, but it's what I had. And I could have, Completely shut down and walked or cried or crawled, um but I didn't because um you know it's not me, and so that's kind of what I reflected on and said that's what I should be proud of is not shutting down
0: and to give people some context because uh, it's I think it's important, so today is November second, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but we're going to publish on November ninth and and, and your race was October 14th. So right. I just want people yeah. to understand how how close we are to yeah, what just so took place.
1: There's fresh memories, fresh wounds, I would say. But my um, body is physically healing. It's, you know, the, the memories are turning um, from, you know, what was kind of painful and, and you know, the, the focusing on the bad to me. And that really was something to be proud of. So um, I'm glad that that's what stuck with me is the pride, the sense of accomplishment, and not the the pain and the darkness that I went through, and I think all competitors go through. I think if it's easy, you haven't done it right. You know, it's it's probably not as fast as you should have gone. But for, even for some people, it's not about speed. It's it's about finishing and and the the journey to get there, the journey crossing the finish line. So um, that's what it's always going to stay with me. It's not going to be in, in fifteen years. Nobody's going to remember what time I crossed the finish line. Um, But hopefully in 15 years, my son looks at me and and goes, my mom competed in the Ironman World Championship. uh, And that's that's what matters.
0: Now, training for these kinds of races obviously takes incredible discipline Mm -hmm. and time. Uh, I'm curious, you know, give me an example of what a typical training week look like for you as you prepared for (laughs) October's race.
1: I have to say it does suit my lifestyle because I'm an A-type person. Um, Everything is planned. We have lists and, you know, organizers and calendars. Um, But it starts with, first and foremost, a conversation with my husband and my family and say, hey, I'm going to have to commit some time to this. It's going to be early mornings. It's going to be long weekends. And um, making sure we're all on that same page because that creates too much tension, if not um, week to week. Um typically I would get up in the late four, early five o'clock AM range and get in anywhere between hour and two on um on the bike or run. And then um swimming at the Y at noon. That's such a great resource for us to be able to same days.
0: So we're, we're yeah, a lot of times the same day. Five, yeah. five sooner, <laughs> right. Swimming right. swimming at noon, swimming
1: at noon. Okay. and um and then the weekends were long rides. So they built up from, you know, four hour-ish rides. That was the easy part. And then you get into six, six and a half hour rides, followed by getting off the bike and running. And then the next day, Sunday, running a long run, which could be anywhere between two and three hours. So,
0: And how much of that, how much of those morning routines are alone versus with a group and how much of those weekend or noon routines, or alone, or with a group?
1: Most of it is alone just by um, the fact if you're following a plan or a coached workout. I mean, it's your workout, so you can go with a group, but you might say, hi, it's nice to see you, and then you have to take off and run your pace. Um, there are some really great groups in the area. There's a Wednesday morning track club that um, runs at Captain Treve on Wednesdays, and they, um, they do a structured workout. So, you know, if I could jump jump in that group, and that's probably more of my off-season plan is to get back with our local groups. Um, there's a great running group that meets on Saturdays and runs all over the city. A lot of times we come to the Y and stop and get water and then keep going, you know, for laps around the city. Um, so joining those groups where possible, but it really gets hard at the end of your training when you're just running twice as long um, as anybody else. So and, um, you know, 4am, you don't want to spend extra time driving anywhere. So I've got a treadmill at home. Uh, my bike setup is on an indoor trainer at home. And then, um, getting to the Y is not hard for me for work. So any week in uh total would look like anywhere from between, um, 16 to 20 hours, a little bit over 20 hours after, um, at the end of it. So yeah, to, to add all that up, it's, you can't even think of, I mean, that's a part-time job in addition to my d- daytime job. That's more than a full-time job. So, um, yeah, but you know, I'm just, that's, that's what keeps me going. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just part of it. So I don't tremendous. know what else I would do.
0: Well, um, even though even though this podcast is through my work at the YMCA, you're actually the first elite athlete and super marathoner we've interviewed. Uh, you weren't always a super marathoner, though. You came from the world of track and field. Specifically, you were an accomplished pole vaulter for Northwestern State University track and field. I've read where you said the following. You talked a little bit about this a second ago, but I've read where you said the following about the local fitness community. You said, I found my people. My community of like minded weekend warriors who shared a spirit for pushing our personal limits mm-hmm. through triathlon. I've made lifelong friends many that I consider family mm-hmm. for those out there listening, talk to me about what the fitness community looks like that we have here and any advice you might have for plugging into it
1: mm-hmm. so um you know, if I was my eighteen year old self I would look at people in this community and just think golly those are super marathoners i that's not me once you're in the middle of it you realize there are people of all ages all abilities i mean we have some of the world's best um that i am certainly i enjoy what i do i enjoy being on the podium but i'm not the only person in this area that stands atop the podium um So we, we have people of all abilities and it's, it's amazing to go out there and, and share that, um, that love for what we do. Um, again, if I, if I could go back and, and, and tell my 18 year old self, just, you know, don't be intimidated by it. That's, it's your people. It's, we, we go run um, and we're not worried about paces. We're talking about silly things where it's like a group therapy session. So it's my point is, it's a whole lot different than it seems on the outside. Um, for somebody that wants to get plugged in, it really could start as easy as just going to run the stairs at um, Century or Berkshire's Grocery Arena um, with the group that meets there weekly or the USA Fit um, clubs that are trying to. Um, train together for certain distance races. So, um, you know, Google's your friend, but also just talk to somebody that's already in that community. And I promise there's going to be something to slide right into and to find, um, like that, like minded group that, that you connect with on a deeper level that you might not be, you know, expecting that you, um, would share common interests otherwise. And, and again, that's how I found my best friends is not because we like to run together, but because we're the same at the core. Um, and we can share our our miseries and the passions and celebrate each other. Um, and so I just, I'm so thankful for that because when you're training 20 hours a week, you don't have a whole lot of time for social interaction. So to be able to combine your social interaction with your personal, um, passions and your pursuits and that all just be a fulfilling experience in itself it just it all comes together and I'm so thankful for that here.
0: Love it. All right well you you touched on a little bit but you have a full-time important career you serve if I'm not mistaken as a director of student activities and recreational sports at LSU Shreveport. Uh, Talk to me if you could a little about your role and some of the things a layperson may not know about the different student activities and recreational sports offered at LSU.
1: So I've been there for 16 years and kind of graduated up in the same area and expanded that area. Um, one thing I really love about my job is I get the um, capacity to dream and try to make those dreams happen. Um, and it's always just to invest in students and help students um, develop. Um, their skills and to to have a brighter future. So kind of breaking it down in my areas, um, we oversee our student organizations and includes our student government association, our Greek organizations, um, our um, student activities board, which plans all of the festivals and huge events on campus or traditions, all that. Um, We have a lot of leadership focused um, programs that are just, again, trying to invest in those co-curricular skills for students. Um, on the recreation side, we have, um, intramurals, uh, leagues, uh, we run a fitness area. We have group exercise classes. So, you know, kind of working on the soft skills and the physical, um, outlet for students. And then a couple of years ago, um, we started a fruit pantry, which has been particularly rewarding for me. Um, it was a project that, um, Wasn't quite sure how it was going to play out. And now I get to see the students um, come into the food pantry and leave with bags of food, um, read their surveys, see how that's changing their ability to perform in the classroom. And so um, it's just kind of this 360 view of um, giving the students skills, giving the students resources, investing in their physical, mental, holistic wellness um, and them graduating and going, I can tackle whatever my next step is because I've been set up for success through LSUS. s um, And LSUS is at the scale where we can do that almost one-on-one with students. Um, I tell students all the time, take advantage of the way that you can walk into my office and say, I really need this. Um, how can we make that happen? And I can just get to work and see how I can, you know, what we can do to provide those resources. Um, and I. I'm not going to speak for every school, but I know there's not, not that ability at a lot of schools. So really um, emphasize for students that are looking to get um, that extra leg up to consider LSUS, because it's a great place um, for people at any point in their life, whether they're coming straight out of high school, transferring from another school or reentering, uh, because we have um, a success center. We have um, career counseling. We have um, personal counseling. We have our food pantry. We have so many things that are there for student success. And we have so many people that are directly invested um, to make sure students cross that finish line strong.
0: And what a what a great role model they have in you. So uh, that's awesome. All right. So my, my final question for you, and like I told you before we started, I'll come back at the end if there's anything else you want to talk about uh, we have all the time in the world, but I came across another quote from you, and I, I wanted to um, stay there for a second. So you once said, "I live life remembering." I I live life remembering my why. I have a why that applies to my family. And let me just let me just stop. Mm-hmm. So because I work for the YMCA, we're talking about why <laughs> not. Why I mean,
1: I could be a why, (laughs) so uh,
0: I'm gonna start over. I live life remembering my why. I have a why that applies to my family, my career, and my training. Everyone's why is different, and there are a thousand reasons to say why not. But all we need is to focus on the one reason that keeps us going. For those out there who struggle finding their why, is there any advice or suggestions you might offer?
1: I would say don't focus on what you can't do because we're all built differently. Uh, focus on what you can do and focus on the appreciation, um, the abilities God has given you to be able to step out of your front door every day uh, and do that thing well. So don't don't focus on the why not. But there there is uh, always one reason why that might be something inside of you that might be somebody Um, in, in your, in your circle or in your bubble that is watching you might be your son, might be your, um, significant other. Um, but focus, focus on that, that one positive thing. Um, for me, you know, of of course, family is, is my why is because I have to be my best self for, um, for them to be a, a good example and a good, um, rock for them, um, for work, you know, my why is to see students grow. So it's not about me, it's about them. Um and and for for fitness and for a triathlon, um it, it's easy to look at somebody who's gone to a world championship and say your why is because you want to win and it's not at all. For for me, um it's it's about my mental health, honestly. It's about that physical mental outlet that I get To be able to de-stress and and again focus on that appreciation that I have for the abilities God's given me every day, so um, that that keeps me centered. And it may take some soul searching for anybody to find their own why, Um, and it it takes a little bit of um, pain and suffering to say I need to dig into the to the reasons why I've always said that's not for me or I can't do that. Um, But when you find that one thing that does spark inside of you just take that and and admit it and celebrate it share it with other people because um, we all have abilities and, and and greatness inside of us and i want everybody to live like they are champions um because it's a great feeling
0: Was well, there anything else angel that we didn't hit on <laughs> i mean I, we could talk about so much uh you're you're so accomplished and such an inspiration mm-hmm. in this community. I didn't know if there was any other subject or item that so, you wanted to mention.
1: Um there's there's a lot I can go on. I really appreciate the YMCA. It's my happy place walking through the doors even if I'm having a bad day. Um I look and I look around the area and people of all ages and abilities are just doing something that makes them happy and um is improving on themselves. Um, and I'm really thankful. I just thought about this the other day. I'm putting my son in the basketball program. He's been in soccer and we're blessed to have that in our community to be able to offer our children and for me to be able to go swim while he's swimming or playing basketball. Um, so man, we have a good community around here and that includes all my fellow weekend warriors. Um, I'm so thankful for them and, uh, Sometimes I feel guilt for not lifting them up because I feel like, you know, celebrating my accomplishments is, um, you know, everybody's is so enthusiastic about that. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows how much I appreciate them, appreciate the support, um, my family included, my husband, Lauren, who is actually um, the person that um, oversees part of the maintenance of the equipment at the YMCA. So it's all part of our family and our community. And I'm really thankful. And I just want people to know how Um, how much I feel the love and appreciate it.
0: Well, we're proud of you. Thank you. Thanks for being here.
1: Of course. Thank you.